we are going to talk about blessed to be a blessing. I don't know about you, but really, like, I, I want to be blessed, don't you? You want your life to be blessed? Don't you want, like, as a student, if you have, if you have kids in school or you're a student, you want to be blessed as a student? You want your marriage to be blessed? You want your relationships to be blessed? You want your career to be blessed? Your future to be blessed? Your present? We want to be blessed. So I want to talk to us today about how that happens and a number of ways that we as a church are blessing the community. And so Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1 and then in verse 2, God has called Abram, or he'd be Abraham, to a place he didn't even know where he was going. And the Bible says this, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make, make your name great, said, and you shall be a blessing. So I'd like us to see this, that God blesses you, and then when God blesses you, he makes you a person that can dispense his blessing. Do you see that about yourself? So I feel that uh, one of the things that we really want to get a hold of is that sometimes we're not blessable. We may want to be blessed, but you can live your life in a way that you are not blessable. And so you can be living in sin or living in arrogance and living a lifestyle that God really can't bless. So I want us to think about what kind of life are you living there that God can bless because he can't bless every kind of life. I, one of the greatest blessings is when you receive Christ as your Savior personally. And so I want to encourage you in this message today, I want to encourage you to process this, that you're blessed to be a blessing. Because uh, we don't show up on Sunday mornings just for it to be all about us and kind of sing kumbaya and uh, have an insider moment, an insider event. No, this church, this ranch, everything we do, it's not just for us, but it's to be dispensed to other people that God has in mind. And so never forget this reality. Never forget this reality that God has blessed you, but he's blessed you to make you a blessing. And so as a church, that's how we see ourselves. We want to be the church that blesses this community and beyond. We want to be the church that blesses the fire department and the police department. We want to be the church that blesses schools. So we feed them. So we feed students. But Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they, there's a reason, there's a purpose, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So I want to unpack this. What does it look like for we as a church then to let our light shine? I'm going to talk about five different ways that we can let our light shine. And I would like you to think as I unpack these how you might be a part of those different ways. So uh, so he says, let your light so shine, not just like it's a nice thing to do, but maybe you had a meet a need. No, let your light so shine that they, here's the purpose. Here's the purpose. Here's why it's important. Here's the motivation behind it. That they may uh, see your good deeds. They might observe your life. Perhaps uh, people around you might say, hey, I, no one's ever treated me this way. Tell me about your God, that they might see your good deeds and then glorify your Father that's in heaven. 
In other words, you don't just uh, do what you do aimlessly here, but we want to be incredibly intentional about living this out. And Jesus actually identified many ways here that we can let our light shine. Again, I'm going to talk about five ways here. And so, uh, and this, I think, really needs to be ingrained within us that we're blessed to be a blessing, that it becomes your identity, it becomes who you are, that you see yourself living before God, receiving God's blessing, and then you see yourself giving away that blessing, your time, your talents, and your treasure. So I want to challenge you on this. And so the final words that Jesus spoke, how many people know the final words you speak are important words? The very final words that Jesus spoke in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And some of you know the story. Jesus lived 33 years, had his ministry for three years. Then he died, rose from the grave. By the way, friends, the only God to rise from the the dead. But uh, we can celebrate that now. And then Jesus spent 40 days, 40 days hanging out, 40 days having conversations, 40 days like walking through walls and all the things he did. But when he uh, was ready to ascend to heaven after 40 days, it was on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. Uh, what happened was, is that Jesus made the great ascension. And the last words out of his mouth were this, were this, go be witnesses. Jesus gave them their assignment to you now go and be witnesses of me. Tell your story. Live your life out before others, but it's about me. Go be witnesses unto Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then he said, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus gave them their assignment, and it was threefold. That He said, hey, go local. Go to Jerusalem. And then he said, but also I want you to go national. Go to Judea. Go to Samaria but don't even let it stop there. I'm going to give you opportunities that then you can even go to the uttermost parts of the earth. So this was what Jesus said that we're to do. So we as a church want to follow his words because everything that we do as a church has to be anchored in the scriptures. We don't just do it because it's a good idea or it's just philosophy. Everything is born out of, arises out of, and is anchored in Scripture. And so I think as a church, every church has this responsibility that you would go locally and you would go nationally and, and internationally. But we as a church, uh, we are going to do that. But there's also more that we're going to do, which is also anchored in the Scripture. But one of the things that I think is beautiful, not maybe every church wants to do this, but we believe that this church here, that we are to set the table for the next generation. We're to set the table for the next generation. And by that I mean we're to serve them, we're to support them, we're to be incredibly crazy, intentional about what we do. Because we believe that God has called us to reach and to raise up the younger generation, that they would be leaders, they'd be the future leaders, missionaries, pastors, leaders in the business place, leaders in the world and in the church. And so that's why we place so much emphasis on students, beginning in when they're children, because they're the church of today, not the church of tomorrow, of today. They're not peripheral, they're central to everything God is doing in the world and in this church. And so So in 2021, we want to be super intentional about that. We're going to have conferences we've never had before for students, for for guys and for for gals. 
And so that's what we're going to do. But we feel additionally that is something that we're called to. Now, uh, one of the things we do, our local mission, I want to talk about Jesus said, go therefore into Jerusalem. Well, our Jerusalem, our local would be San Bernardino, would be Loma Linda, would be Redlands, would be Yucaipa, Cala Mesa, Cherry Valley, Banning, and Beaumont maybe a little Mo Valley action going on. But that's kind of our local, our Jerusalem. So you say, well, then what are, what are we going to do? That's what Jesus said. What do we do? Well, that's why we do Hope City. One of the reasons. We do many things in the community. That's why we do Hope City. I want to talk about that just for a moment because we've been affiliated with Hope City for six years. Not like something we just thought of and that'd be a good idea. We've been doing it for six years. I personally have been there many times. Spoke there a couple weeks ago. But one of the things that we do as a church is we care for hurting people, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, the minimized. We want to care for those people. And so that's how we show the, the love of Christ. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, he said this. He said, when I'm with those that are weak, he said, I share in their weaknesses. But watch, the end game for I want to bring the weak to Christ. I want to bring them to Christ. Yeah, I give them a 20 spot. I give them food. But I don't just leave it there. I maybe share my story. I say, I'm giving you this $20 in Jesus' name. God bless you. But I want ultimately to point them to the Savior. And so we want to make sure that our acts of kindness, our acts of compassion here are connected to something. They're not just empty, purposeless, meaningless. They're connected then to the love of God. So we serve the practical needs of the people of our cities in hope then that they would turn their hearts to God. And so Pastor Jim is an awesome man. I respect this guy more than you know. And uh, anyway, so he is the pastor of Hope City Church for six years bringing food. He traipses through fields in the evenings and nights to, del to deliver diapers into a homeless tent. That's who he is. Uh, he serves there selflessly. So he is the champion of Hope City. And so he's a champion of the people, loves the people there. And so he is serving. So we're, we're honored that he's on staff here. This is his church. That is an ex Hope City is an extension of us. So I asked Pastor Jim if he'd come and, uh, and talk a little bit about that. What we're doing this afternoon. So would you give it up for my good friend, Pastor Jim Willard. Well, thank you, church. What a great introduction. But I have to be honest about something. I'll share something. Just take a step back. Something I forgot to share at the first service. And that is uh, actually Pastor Rodden, if he thinks about it, he's been involved in Hope City longer than I have. When the pastor that started the church some years ago, before he decided he couldn't do it, um, he got some pastors in the area. Pastor Rod jumped on the opportunity to, to be a helping hand. Behind the scenes, before I showed up here, ever said thank you to you guys, he was already doing stuff at, at Hope City, and it's been part of his heart to have this church be that extension. So he's living, he's, he's preaching what he's living. So, um, Give him a hand. <clears throat> so today at, at Hope City, he said some things that just reminded me of a couple other things too. But today at Hope City, we're, um, we're, we're going to serve a meal like we did at Thanksgiving, which is awesome. And, and like this year, um, in, in past years, 
There's been a group of people that have been a part of it. This year, you're doing all of it. The people that are here, they did it all for Thanksgiving. They're doing it all there with great love. And, and then I've had people come in. We're giving away backpacks, and the backpacks are what we call survival kits. Uh, 80% of the people live on the streets. They live, they're homeless. They live in camps. They live hiding out from police. So we're giving them a backpack. They have ponchos and gloves and, and socks and, 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 um, and beanies and things like that to stay warm, uh, blankets, all those things to stay warm to help them uh, survive in this cold season that's coming along. Pastor Roger said something that just reminded me of, of something, and, I, and just share this with you. Those of you that, again, we're part of this church. I'm happy to be a part of it now, and, and now we're exposed to the fact that Hope City, when you, when you go down to the campus next year, it's going to look a lot like here. And, and, but here's the thing that I want to share lastly, that, and I, I forgot to share this. We need prayers more than anything. Here's what God told me, and it's the second ministry God told me this, and he sent me to this place. He said, in, in, the, in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13, he says, I know where you live, and I know the place where you live, Satan has set his throne, but you remain loyal to me. And it's been, I've been in a place, and if you go down there, you feel, sometimes you feel there's a darkness there, it's hard to get through to the people, but this is one way. Sanctuary, thank you so much. You've shown your love. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Jim. Thanks, Pastor Jim. So Jesus said, go, therefore, to Jerusalem. And that's like part of our Jerusalem. That's why we want to be a part of that. We want to make a difference. Uh, if we weren't here, we would want the city to miss us. We want to make an impact. And so that's one of the things that we're doing. And then Jesus said, uh, secondly, don't just go local, but I'll give you opportunities to go national. So like we go to Texas, uh, Hurricane Harvey, we send teams there. Uh, we build loft houses in Mexico. We do things uh, uh, kind of more nationally. But then also he said, go to the uttermost parts of the earth, like the other side of the world. So we do that also. And so uh, we have orphanages that we actually support and uh, that we do the repairs on that you heard about. And what is so special is that the very orphan that grew up there in those orphanages at St. Joseph's in Harare, Zimbabwe, and also at Harare's Boys Home, is leading worship today and will be at Hope City this afternoon. And that is Taps, Tapwika. So I want to ask Taps if he would come up and share a few words about that, about what he's going to be doing. So give it up for Taps as he come. Hustle up, Taps. Come here, my friend. So uh, Taps has been with us since the beginning. Taps loves this church. Tell us, Taps, what's happening in Zim. How's everybody doing? I feel like I have to share my attention. Um, uh, so in the past, uh, for the last seven years, OHS Sanctuary has been such a blessing to these kids. And I said in the first service, uh, I just spoke of a personal experience of mine, I think, um, on especially on important days like Christmas or holidays, a lot of people obviously spend time with their families and, you know, you get together. And it's that particular time of the year where a lot of kids in these homes also feel completely forgotten because everybody sort of zones in on their families, which is not a bad thing. But what I love that we've done for the last seven years is we've made uh, the kids in Zimbabwe feel that they are important and they're thought of. 
on Christmas. And I think a lot, far more than the gifts, far more than the food, it's the feeling of belonging and the feeling of being loved that's more important. And so what we do every year is we bring hope, we bring love. That, that is brought in the form of gifts and that is brought in the form of food. But it also shows that halfway across the world that there's people who've never met you, who think about you and who love you. And so on behalf of all those kids, I want to say thank you. And Dr. Collins has been there on one of these uh, Christmas days, and he'll tell you. It's, it's hard to describe the... Do you remember how... I remember just, look, I think uh, Jeff also came. Jeff was there and a couple of guys. Yeah, you have to be there to experience just the energy that those kids... I mean, it was electric. And so I would love one day, obviously, once COVID and everything dies down, for some people to actually come and feel how palpable it is. And so thank you so much to everyone who's given, and thank you for spreading uh, the love of Christ. Yes, and so something I did in the first service, and I want to do it in this service, and we're going to combine the videos, but I'm going to take a selfie video, and we're going to say Merry Christmas to the kids back home. And then I'm going to get a video sent back from Zimbabwe of the kids saying thank you and Merry Christmas to you. So is that cool with you guys? About 100, 100 orphans, about 100 orphans will see this video. So actually it's about 200, 220. So it's about, yeah, so 200, about 220 kids are going to see this video. So are you guys ready for this? Yeah. All right. Okay, so when he points to the cars, you honk, you wave, hands out. About two or 200 orphans are going to be seeing this video in just a few days. So we need you. Well, we need you to be there for us. Okay, so I need some energy. These are your, these are people, kids that uh, will be glad to see this. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> so, blessed to be a blessing. We're able to bless St. Joseph's and Harari's boys' home. What incredible opportunities that God has given us. So Jesus said, I want you to go local, go national, go international. For this church here, we want to set the table for a future generation. The last thing that I want to talk to you about where we can let our light shine is this. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is, this is very personable, personal. He didn't say just like, I will build the church out there. But no, I will build my church. And this is intensely personal. And so I will build a life-giving church. So in 2021, I want to talk about it because what we do, blessed to be a blessing, is not just for us. Let me say, for example, this tent here. Is this tent just for us? No, it's not. For the community. So a church down the way, their, uh, their meeting place, they had a big tent, blew down. The very week that we met here, another church met here on Saturday and has been meeting here every single Saturday. Blessed to be a blessing, even with the tent itself. The ministry center that we meet at years ago, a, a church lost their home. They didn't have a place to meet at. They were homeless. So I talked to the pastor and said, hey, you can come. He says, but we don't really have much money. I said, come for free. It's not about that. Just come for free. So 
they met for free for about six months, decided, yep, this is going to be our home. And this morning, there's another church meeting there. See, that ministry center that we have, God blessed us with that, but blessed us to be a blessing to be able to give that away, like this tent. So just today, this weekend, three churches are able to be blessed, not just one, because we want to live this very thing out. So when God gives us things, even this property, it's not just for us. So we want to embrace this in our heart of hearts that we are blessed to be a blessing. Now, so I have a few things that I want to close with on this concept here that we need to, I think, gain clarity on. The first is this, is that God blesses you with more than you need so that you can have extra, that you can be a blessing to others. God is not a God that just gives you enough. God gives you more than enough so then you have something you can give to others. So I want to challenge you with this. Some of you here need to think about this. Is there an area of your life where you need to realize this reality that the blessing is not just for you, not just for you to consume the blessing, but maybe shift that blessing and give some of it to others? See, God is in the blessing business. And God is incredibly and God is incurably generous. And I just remind us that if you're a Christ follower, uh, you are created in the image of of an incredibly generous, incurably generous God there. And so uh, our job description is to give away what God would have us to give away. So we can all afford to be generous. We can all afford to give away our time, our talent, our treasures, our resources, because that's how God rolls. That's how God rolls. God blesses us with more than we need so we can be a blessing to others. And so... Uh, uh, we need to be clear about this in everything we do, that it's bigger than us. This ranch is bigger than us here. And so I need to tell you that when, uh, when COVID hit, uh, about maybe six weeks into it or so, I thought, oh, this is, this is going to be around for a while. And I really had one of those um, gut-wrenching, heart-searching wonder about the future. I was really wondering about like the future of the church. I thought like I'm getting bored watching that guy on TV and on the screen. And that's like me. I wonder how everybody else is doing. Like, I don't know how long I can keep doing this. And uh, as great as online is and as great places and we're grateful for technology, I just realized that I don't know how long is the church going to survive. And I was really thinking to myself, what are we going to do if we, we don't have a place to meet? Are we going to survive? I was asking myself those questions, and I was thinking, are we going to have to cut staff? And I started thinking, like, are we going to be able to sustain that? And I began to think about uh, what are we going to have to cut? Are we going to have to cut outreach? Are we going to cut the things we do? How much are we going to have to cut back? How are we going to make it? And so uh, I was really, I was really um, struggling with that, and I felt like I heard God's voice. I felt like I heard God's voice to pray a bigger prayer than you can survive. I felt I heard God's voice to pray a prayer that we're going to thrive in the midst of a pandemic. We're not just going to hunker down and hope we can survive, but we're going to thrive. And I thought to myself, we just need to go for it. Whatever happens, if we go down, we're going down. We're going out with a bang, but this is what we're going to do. So then I, then I thought, we got that ranch. Like, we don't even own the ranch. And so... Uh, so uh, just after that, I got on the phone and I, and I, and I called, uh, I'm sorry, I texted 
the, the owner of the ranch, I said, hey, can we meet at the ranch? And it was uninhabitable. It was third world war zone, uninhabitable. I said, hey, can we meet? And he said, let me check with my insurance guy and this and that. He said, you can meet at the ranch. I said, let me know about how much it's going to cost. I'm thinking, man, he's going to put the squeeze on us. We don't have any options. He said, you can meet there. Uh, we're going to sign a $1 lease. So we've been here for six months for $1. So anyway, so then I came here. I, I, I came here. I'd, I'd walk the ranch, right? I'd walk the ranch, and I'd think, dang, how are we going to do this? The weeds were like four feet high out there, five feet high. They had to cut them down with chainsaws. A team had to cut, cut it down, chainsaws, just so we can get the parking lot cleared. And so uh, I was trying to figure it out and thinking, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I stood on a, a truck right there. I stood on the, on the top of the trunk, and I said to my friend, hey, do you think maybe I, could, I can use this for the, the platform? And I'll speak on top of the truck. And I wasn't being cute. I was being dead serious. And then I said, oh, no, no, I, I can stand on, on one of the trucks. There were all these trucks parked here. I'll stand on one of those trucks. I even thought, I'll stand on the roof. We'll figure it out. Well, anyways, we figured out it was awesome. And uh, the rest is history. And we've been here uh, for seven months or so. And uh, six months. And God has blessed it. But all that to say that God made a way where it seemed like there was no way. And so... Uh, and God gave us this ranch, not only for us, but for others. So just never forget that what God gives you, it's not just for you. Be thinking, who else is this for? Number two, when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs, that then we can continue to bless others. And so during the midst of a pandemic, during the midst of a pandemic, when uh, pastors are losing their jobs and staffs are cutting back. This has been by far the biggest giving year of our history when we have like 30 or 40% of the church meeting. It's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. And so uh, God, is, God has blessed us. So the last thing is this, is that the more God blesses us, friends, the more God blesses us, the more God holds us responsible and expects us to bless Remember, it's not just for you, it's for those beyond you. So God meets your needs when you bless others, but also he expects you to bless. Jesus said it this way in Luke 18, verse 48. Much is required from those to whom much is given. Much is required to whom much is given, for their responsibility is even greater. I'm happy to have that responsibility because God is blessing us. And so... God wants you to have more, that you can more love, more joy, uh, more of his life, that you can dispense that. And so I want to close this morning with this uh, scripture. I feel it's a word of the Lord for us. And uh, we did this series called Prayers from the Psalms. And this is taken from Psalm 65, verse 11. It says this, You crown the year with your goodness. And your plans drip with abundance. You, pl you pl crown the year with your goodness. And I know, obviously, tw 2020, it's been a rough year for many personally, nationally, COVID, job loss. It's been, a, it's been a, a, a hard year. But watch. This is what God wants to do. God wants to crown your year, conclude your year with his goodness. You crown the year with your goodness. Your plans drip with abundance. So uh, we're going to close in prayer. And then uh, Pastor, uh, our founding elder, Sanctuary Church, Dr. Rich Burns is going to come and close us with the final blessing. 
And Father, thank you that we are blessed. We're so blessed, Father. Even sometimes we don't see our life that way. We have a roof over our head. We have cars we drive. We have a place to sleep. We are so blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing in every dimension of our lives. May we see ourselves as you would see us. Father, I pray for us here this morning, those watching online, everyone in their cars, Father, that you would speak to them over and over again and that you would just burn it into our hearts that we are blessed by you to be a blessing. So thank, thank you, Father, that you would do this and that you would do more. In Jesus' name, amen.